second. No, I think I'm wrong. It can't be. Who is Henry? No, Henry is Harvey Lewis, and he's, I don't have any credits for him. Okay, somewhere in this film, Don Stark appears. Don Stark was, and I can't find him. He's just our Star Trek connection. Okay. All right, let me show you that. I'm still amazed by his camera work and direction and the extras. This is a cool, like, brunch place. You dance if you want to. Yes. Mm -hmm. Do you have, like, a drink minimum, or do you think I just go during the brunch and just dance at that guy? That's me. <laughs> I don't think they'd have a drink minimum. I think they would want to seat you at a table and consider you a patron. <laughs> Can I get the smoking section, please? Oh, and uh, Perrier. And uh, you know, how, do you, how did know when? How did know when you just met a comedian? You know, when you meet a person for the first time, how do you know they're a comedian? Is there a drink minimum here? <laughs> okay, now I don't know. I I kind of don't follow it. Is this mom and dad, or is she just living in a halfway house? I kind of don't understand, but. The daughter has been caught with drugs. And this is the guy who, like, you know, felt it. Friend. Look at that acting. That so was Brooke is getting the sisters lying that Brooke Shields gave the drugs, sold the drugs. Okay. Because she's like got this money from gambling. It's a little inexplicable. How does she have this money? You right. see? Okay. Oh, so she's doing drugs. Essentially going to have a big fight with her parents i guess or foster parents i'm not sure and and then she's gonna split she's running away from home uh -oh. you know she went to princeton Uni university yeah. and yeah. I this before <clears throat> i used to uh, I live in heightstown new jersey there was a band i was in in montgomery new jersey so very often i was driving to montgomery and to get there you go through the campus of princeton university and what i would do is i went i would go real slow and i would look to my left and i would look to my right and i would look to my left and i was just on a brook shields i was on a lookout i was i wanted to find her and meet her to bump into her any luck was no. wait that was what 1997? It, so was, uh, it was 1983, 1984, and she, it was when she was at Princeton. Blue Lagoon was passed. That was like such big news. Like people couldn't understand that someone went to college. I mean, she, she, uh, it's such an, she has such an interesting history. Just, uh, Princeton is impressive. It's the top of the heap. I mean, it, uh, not even Harvard can laugh at Princeton. I mean, it's the, you know, it's it's these. It's why they call them Ivy League schools. The place is more New England than New, than than Harvard itself. Yeah. So so it's 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 like a, oh, Brooke Shields got into Princeton. I mean, I understand why it was a news story. Well, you know, she she. I mean, she was always kind of full, kind of ridiculed, but she, uh, you know, it's such a strange life about how sexualized her modeling and. So the Blue Lagoon, the, these roles that she she played, she's a solid actress. She's 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 good in a lot of stuff, and I always like seeing her and stuff. And she's really funny, and she does have the ability to uh, play herself in cameos really well. Yeah, we saw, saw her in Furry Vengeance too. Right. Oh my God. Yes, Furry Vengeance. So we've seen a lot of Brooke Shields movies. I, I like watching her. Movies. 
And I'll tell you one thing's for sure, she is not sexualized in this film. No, it's kind of, so far so good. I mean, like, you know, it's troubled kids. Well, she's going to be alone with this older guy in hotel rooms and going around the country. She's not a sex object in this movie in any way. It's still kind of fucked up. Well, you know. see, I was thinking about that as I was watching this. Like, it didn't occur to me until, like, the third time or something. This is my fourth. Gotcha. If In wow. the context of today's, okay, so way at the way end, he gives her a pat on the butt. In the way, way end. And that's what got me thinking. Like, if that was, if this was today, that wouldn't have been seen as a friendly friend thing. It would have been, like, perceived as, Oh, typical man creeping on a girl, you know. And then I started thinking about it. This would be considered inappropriate in today's world by a lot of people because they do travel together, stay in the same hotel room. That's the extent of it. But and, and they love each other. They love each other. They never say I love you or something. But... Do, you, do you think this movie is a lot like the Gary Coleman movie we watched on the right track where the kidnaps had a horse race gamble? No, because that was like in a universe of play pretend in a way. They're exploiting her. Our hero will exploit her and win gambling money. It's more like the way Rain Man, you know, Hoffman's character was exploited or something. That's not really fair, but. It, no, it's really not like that movie. Uh, oh, by the way, this is a fake fight. They're having a fake fight. Oh. So that they, he can, they just, Whoa. Well, choreographed. <laughs> Seems awkward. Well, the thing is, it's all for Brooke Shield, so he can know... He's in trouble, he needs money, and, you know, he sort of makes a pact with her to. What's up with these T-shirts? I call them shenanigans because I get it. The 70s, you had these custom, like, shirts that had a name or a word or Jesus love you or, you know, like Roller Skate King 79 on it. Well, yeah, there would be iron-on letters and such, and people would make their own, but, like, there would be those iron-on Star Wars shirts. Yeah, that was hers. His trouble, but he—they've all these all these guys wearing a variation of these shirts. He's wearing one right now. Yeah, I mean, it might be a school. I, you know, I'll eat my shorts and it says something amazing. But, uh, but yeah, the other character, his buddy. Now, what are we gonna do? Let's hang out here before the late edition. Now, when I first saw this movie, I must—they're talking about staging a fight next thing you know she's kicked out of her home so i thought they were all like so sinister they made her get kicked out of her house or something like that but it wasn't the case that the fight we just saw was the fake fight and it sets him up to be like now what am i gonna do just like you said yeah but doesn't his manager follow them around the country as well no, we won't see him again for the remainder of this film. Can you believe it? He's gone. Hey, man, wisest thing, dude. This guy has nothing but trouble. His uh, ticket, meal ticket, country star. I'd find another meal ticket. The sign, she's trouble, I tell you. 
So oh when I look at her, I think trouble. Just flashing red in front of my eyes. <laughs> I said, uh-oh, here comes trouble, T-shirt. <laughs> T-shirt. Uh-oh, here comes trouble, T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> what does your T-shirt say, Neil? Open your shirt. It's Let's see uh, if I can tell you about this guy here. Here he is. <laughs> Uh, he was, he was in this miniseries, Marco Polo, but he was, uh, Michael. Wait, I, saw, I saw that. He, he played Polo. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Right. He was Polo in, in the Marco Polo, uh, deep, the Deep End Pool, Pool series. Um, he portrayed the character Michael Eddington in television series Star Trek Deep Space Nine from 94 to 97. Star Trek Connection. Bingo. And he was Crawl. And he was Crawl. Okay, yeah, I remember Crawl. It's coming back to me. I think the reason why I denied memories of Crawl is that I didn't have a chance to see it, and I always resented that. So when we finally did see it, I probably was so overloaded. It didn't register. Well, it's so... Okay, I went back to my research back then, and all it is is this like single notepad, and it has very little information. So I think it was one of the first ones we ever did together, ever. Wow. Well, you know, have you been returning the Smithsonian's call for, for archiving those notebooks? <laughs> no. They call me, and I said, dude, I'm not Carl, okay? I'm my own thing. I work with Carl, Carl and I are, uh, do a thing together, but I'm not Carl. Same thing with laundry basket. They want it for free, okay? I just, that's not the way I'm going. I'm not archive donating my, they want it for free. Free, goddamn. Don't you get like a tax cut off of it? Yes, yes. I don't make I'm enough money for that. I'm calling, I'm calling the Smithsonian right now. Hi, guys. Listen, when I donate my memoirs, is that like tax deductible? Like, I'm at home, Carl. Now, this guy was uh, on the Twilight Zone one episode, and he was in many gun smokes. Uh, his name's John Crawford. He was in Night Moves with Gene Hackman. Yeah, that's a good one. He was the mayor of Frisco in the Enforcer Dirty Harry film. Really? The city of Frisco? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Enforcers. That was, um, I think that was the, like the fascist cops, right? Hey, we're fascist cops too, Dirty Harry. Join us. Right, right. No, you guys are pretty fascist cops. Yeah, I and just said we're fascist cops. Yeah, I just said that. I just said that. And also, he was on Star Trek. So we have three Star Trek connections in this film. Oh, good. So it's obviously a good movie. Oh, Half Moon Bay. So they're in Northern California. Well, well, now they're on the road. So who knows? Okay, they just started their journey. Here's their first motel room stay together. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take the barn. What a joke. Does he have a haste scene in his mouth? Now we're having something funny. She's like, look, I never made it with anyone. I'm, I'm not, I'm a virgin. And he goes, it's not about that. And that's, that's it. That's, we'll walk away from anything sexual for the rest of the film. But there's always stories about orphans going around California uh, hustling in the 70s. Uh, I remember it clearly, and it is enough episode with that very storyline. Mm -hmm. Adam Rich, you know, went off and 
started hustling. I dig it, man. Oh, this is pretty blurry right now. Even on my phone, it's blurry. <laughs> Just watch a movie on YouTube on your phone and you're like, what is the director thinking? This is such a shitty crafted shot. <laughs> um, the director is Rudy Durand. This is his only directing credit. He was an executive producer for Cactus in the Snow 1971 and he was an actor in The Gemini Affair 1975. That's it. That's it. How can you have a cactus in the snow? Maybe if you like buy a cactus. Oh, I guess you would have a cactus, right? In the snow, because you can get a cactus. If the desert and it snows, that's possible. Yeah. All right. Now, this is the famous Lorenzo Lamas. Oh, my God. Really? Am I hot or not? It's Lorenzo Lamas. What we're seeing right now is the beginnings of our hustling experiences. Wait, so Lorenzo is in the black shirt? No, Lorenzo is in the sports shirt. All right. Oh, wait, you know what? I, I was mistaken. I was Jesse Jackson, right? <laughs> no, Jesse Jackson is, 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 we won't see him for the rest of the film. It was right. a cameo. Yeah, hey, I'm hustling 13-year-old girls. I'm a, I'm a pimp for pinball. He got pinball. He's a pinball lizard. Oh, that's good. He's a pinball lizard. Got to be a twist. He hustles a 13-year-old girl. Got such a licky tongue. Oh, so good joint? I think. I guess it's maybe a roll-your-own cigarette. He couldn't really get away with smoking a joint. Now, there he is. You see him, Lorenzo Lamas, number 72 there? Yeah, that's right. What was this, like, Nighthawk? He was in Falcon Crest. He was in Falcon Crest. Oh, uh, so, um, he was in Renegade. 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 But, but not, yeah. He ended up doing Nickelodeon. He was Dr. Hollywood on, on Big Time Rush. Do you remember that show? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm familiar with the works of Nickelodeon. <laughs> he was in Phineas and Ferb as Meep. Well, great. You could just do that over the phone. You wouldn't know him, but he was also the bold and the beautiful um, uh, soap opera. Um, well, I mean, I he's, he was kind of Twitter before Twitter. I mean, he was, you know, a uh, guy kind of a loud celebrity. But uh, the Hot or Not show just was, you know, that's just a bad idea. Whether he would use like a laser beams to point at the thighs and shit like that of people. Right. And I, I think Howard Stern just loved that idea and ran with it on himself, but it was just like, it became kind of synonymous. You know, it, it was unfortunate that he, you know, I don't know, I, I, I would feel like I'd be best known for that after doing something like that. I understand. But he is Lorenzo Lamas. Do no wrong. That's true. Yeah, he does no wrong. I love these camera angles. Look at this. Where's the camera on top of the pinball machine? There, there's the there's a hundred and eighty degree rule. You're not supposed to do this. Left, yeah. right, left, right. Unless it's serving the purpose of the script, like if it was a gunfight and the or, OK Corral in the middle of the street, 
Maybe that's or, what they're trying to do. Or there's a pandemic and you can't shoot in the same room at the same time. <laughs> or your Bruce Willis, so you just walk in, shoot 10 minutes, get through a million and walk out, and then they just, you know, shoot around it. Excuse me. Bless you. Boy, Speaking of pandemic. I'm going to talk to Pam Benjamin because I really think we should have a, a sneeze button, you know, a mute here in the studio. Oh, yeah. A mute button. That would be great. Okay, so it's launched. Uh, Lorenzo Lamas will do his round. I mean, you know, of course, what's going to happen. It's, you know, it's they're going to double down. It's going to get more interesting. Another person is going to come along and start making bets on top of it. And then she'll win, 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 win. That's great. Hey, pinball, so, uh, I, I mean, it's, pinball is chaos. That's so fun about playing the game you get to experience chaos just things clank around and you try to control it but sometimes i feel like i do better on the first ball and not the other two or you know i can't control like a good hand like i, I can i can do well but sometimes i could rock it and it could be on the third ball or the first ball i can't be like i'll just jerk off these first two balls and then this uh <laughs> on the third one I'll, I'll rock it and i know what i said <laughs> These pinball lizards spells their name the E. B R. I turned it up to like hear the ding 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 of the machine, and they're just oh, yeah. some dumb stuff. Here, see this guy here. Yeah, he knows. He'll get interested. Now this might be Don Stark. Do you know who Don Stark is? From yeah, he's your Star Trek connection. One of three. No, I don't know who Don Stark is. Oh wait, yeah, know. he's Tony Stark's dad. <laughs> um he was in first contact he was in john carter he was um i already said on that 70s show for all eight seasons i have to say john carter i seen that uh, i just have to remember any of the scenes and... well john carter like um retired from his job and he had a puppy his wife got sick and died, but so he, he got a puppy. <laughs> so then he goes to, you know, a gas station in Jersey. And John uh, Carter. John Carter from Jersey. I remember this movie. Yeah. So this Russian kid shows up and like wants his car. He won't give it to him. So he's a mob kind of guy. So he goes and fucks up the kid. But, uh, you know, that was a big mistake, as they say what? in Action Hero. So he goes over to John Carter's house. He's this yeah. Russian kid in the center. And they kick the shit out of John Carter right. from Mars. But then they kill the dog. John Carter's dog? The puppy. Oh, no. That puppy was a gift from John Carter's late wife. Right. And so, right. and so John is like, you killed my wife again. You know? So then he kills the Russian kid. And that's fine. The movie should have ended. Vengeance is his. But no, we got to make a franchise. So... He decides he'll take out the dad and his whole Russian mob. It's ridiculous. The father did no offense to this guy. His father put out him in on this. John Wick was in the wrong. So he hired his best friend Maurice to kill him for $2 million. Thank when, goodness he was guarding when, when in the plot? When? All right, so he puts out a contract for John Carter for $2 million. Uh, when? When? Uh, I think after the Red Circle. You know the red circle on Mars? 
<laughs> After uh, John Carter goes to try to kill the Russian uh, kid in the nightclub, he... Oh, uh, yeah. I remember that. You remember that when he came back in, they were like, hey, welcome back, Connor. When they played the song, welcome back. I do. And John Sebastian was there. And that was great. John Carter was like, no, I'm not back. I'm just visiting. <laughs> and then later, like, hey, John Carter, are you back? And he's like, yeah, I think I kind of am. <laughs> All right. So now we're just having trash talk and I beat you and blah, blah, blah. And it's getting more interesting, and we're, we're, you know, and of course now Brooke will win. And this is our, this scene is sort of like representative of the montage we'll see. There's one or two other times in which we see a full-on gambling this night, but. This movie is about 20% montage. 20% what? Montage. Uh, no, but there is montage in this once. And then there's also this, sometimes there's dumb sequences. We're on the road, so you got to watch them go all the way up this highway, all the way down that highway, get to the motel, park the car, walk in. You know, it's like, we don't need to see that writer, director. Well, I mean, if he shot some driving shit in 1972, he might as well use it. I do like the, the walls of this place say no gambling. <laughs> yeah, fine. I know. Yeah. It's like you go into any pool hall and there's like some hustler in there. If you're in the movie, easy money. If you're in a real pool hall, that never happens. The color of money, right? Easy money is Ronnie Dangerfield. <laughs> right, with uh, Joe. Joe uh... Pesci. They <laughs> get so stoned and they drive. Uh, let's talk about a New Jersey film. They drive to the 23 uh, hour open diner mm -hmm. just when they were closed. Man, can you imagine? <laughs> they had a wedding cake in the, in the van. Okay, now he's on the phone with Henry because Henry was like, don't exploit this kid. We got to be. Then he's checking in with Henry or something. And now he's like, don't give me this good friend bullshit. You didn't want to be in this thing. So he, he basically tells Henry to screw off. Look, you oh, said so you didn't want to do this. You can't come out here and join me. Screw up. So you could hear Henry. That was his last scene of, shoot, of the shooting. Hey, right. He sounded like Charlie Brown teacher. That's been Henry for the last shoot. Uh, let's give it up for him. I want to hang the crew and the possible triple action. Yep, this is triple action. And we're seeing a montage. This is says Williams, so this probably is not the customized. Uh, look at the video game machine, untouched behind them. I'm more interested in that, the racing game. What is it, Galaxy? No. It might, yeah, it might, like, uh, gun. 1978, there's only so many choices. Usually it's like a, a racing game, like a top-down uh, a racing game, or it's like a, a Western gun shooting game. Where... Uh -huh. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. So it's not a quick-cutting montage, as you can see, but we don't hear audio. We just hear the songs, and we see them going to various places and beating people at pinball and making money. Various pinball machines, though. Yes. Look what they do with their money. They can buy things. Yeah. 
That's good. That's what kids like. Waiter. Happy sneakers. Can we have these sneakers to go, please, waiter? Sir, I, I'm I'm not a waiter. So I'm calling <laughs> you waiter. That oh, that's great. Yeah, you put on your wrist. Money on that. Up two two to one on that, sir. You don't have to bet on it. <laughs> oh, everything's so green. And lush. Cow shitty smelly. Smell like cow shit for miles. Ooh, hey, look that's double deck. Right. That's some double action. Look at this guy, I'm a yeah, this is Sunny Bono. Yeah, Sunny Bono was uncredited in this film. Right. Well, he heard that uh, Jesse Jackson was in this film. He's like, <laughs> I gotta get hooked up. You, you know, know why Jesse Jackson was uncredited in the film? Because it wasn't he wasn't in it. <laughs> so did he lose? Uh, no, he's, he won, but they're setting him up. Brooks, he just wants to be. He goes, okay, I won't play it, but maybe my sister will. He goes, ha, 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 ha. Beat that score. They must have a pinball wizard on set when they did this, this, this shooting. No, I mean, I don't think so. There was lots of stuff from like the set. There's lots of Brookfield sounding like a little, little person, man. Um, they, should, they should make remake this movie because they could use the CGI and like some practical effects to have the game, the, the pinball game look some more exciting instead of just kind of close up shots. Come to life? Yeah, like you could follow the trajectory of it. Listen to this. Listen to this. Is this a 12 or 13 year old kid or what? Uh, <clears throat> uh, Brooke Shields invited to the film cruise to her house for dinner and prepared fettuccine and a 78 article she revealed. Okay, she's, she's a little girl now. She goes, it came out like, well, remember the depression? Those pictures of people lined up getting slapped from a big plot. That's what my fettuccine was like. For my next party, I made chicken. Wow, that's that's some deep trivia, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> she probably said that in like a some magazine. It's a guy like yeah, I love Brooke Shields. I gotta have, you know, hey, uh, Reddit. Did you know that Brooke Shields was in the uh, Red Book? What said? <laughs> Brooke Shields said of this movie in the film's original release publicity: No matter how many movies I make, not matter who I work with, Tilt nineteen seventy nine will always be something very dear to me. Everyone, everything from tilt, I'll treasure in my heart. It has never ended, and it never will. Well, that's just because Blue Lagoon is like she's suddenly having sex in age thirteen. <laughs> Brother, I don't get that. I don't. I don't. So I haven't seen it. Now, this director would only hire people who liked the film. Like he made everyone read the script, and he goes, "Tell me what you think." And he only hired people who were like, "I like the script. It's good." <laughs> And that's why Don Rickles is not in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> he offended the sensibilities of Ruby Rickles. Ah, taking the last vote. Now, you remember The Whale, right? 
Yeah, right for the first ten minutes of the movie. Okay, so right now they're saying she he just talked her into she's like, We have enough money now for three demos. Why are we going to Corpus Christi, Texas? And you see it's all Gulf of Mexico stuff there. Yeah. He was really like cool. Yeah, he was um he's like, We're just gonna beat this one guy for the top fry, you know, like we're gonna really kick his ass, bet all this money, and then we'll do the music. These are lovely shots. This is the filler? Yeah, but you're right, it's lovely, so maybe it's okay. But none of this stuff exists anymore. I'm sure the landscape now in 2020 is like completely different. Yup, I bet you. Now, Corpus Christi is pretty, but most of it is very dirt poor. There's and Soul FM 103. <laughs> if it oh, starts with a K, you know you're in the wrong part of the country. Yeah, right. Circle K, no. I meant the radio stations, but okay. Oh. Oh, but you're a K person nowadays. I am, yeah. I listen to uh, K California stations. So now they're here to play the whale, although the whale doesn't know it yet. But here, okay. Writer-director Rudy Duran tried to get Orson Welles to play the whale, but Welles was busy with other projects. Welles encouraged Duran to direct the movie himself, and he talked about the script on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Really? Which helped Duran secure an investor. Oh, no. Johnny. Uh, yeah. uh, no, I sound like Johnny. Shit. All right, I have to do my Orson. Uh, so it's 1976, right? Oh, no, so I have... I'm trying to get financing, Johnny, for my film, uh, F is for Fate. Speaking of finance, oh, my, my good friend, Peter Devanovich. No, another young boy. <laughs> Imagine that's Orson Welles right there. It would have been much more powerful. Oh, I don't know. I think Charles Ernie is doing a fine job. I mean, he's definitely, uh, you know, as he does, he really kind of adds to the movie. Well, what he's doing here is doing his best to be gross. You see, the guys over by the pinball machine are like, hey, fat man, how about we bet you $10,000, something like, it's like a, I don't know why they do that, $10,000, because that makes the final bet of the film, the $3,500, seem like small change, but that's what they did. But when we saw Thunderground, do you remember that game, Thunderground? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was an underground uh, brawl, and... Uh, Basically, the last fight was for their lives. Yep. Is the is Brooks Hill going to be like fighting for playing pinball with the devil? No. Nope. Look at that, ten thousand dollars. Now, all this scene is for is to show us what a good pinball player Charles During is. What a great actor! He's like getting into his role. <laughs> yeah, stop touching the glass. Your fingerprints are smudging Charles Durant. Are you going to get your fingerprints over? Listen, there's a pandemic. Don't wipe your shit on it. I'm a pandemic wizard. There got to be a twist. Pandemic yeah, wizard. Maybe I should play pinball wizard for you. All right. Yeah. You have the guitar? Yeah, I'm sure I have one. Can you do a country version? Oh, look at that. Extra country version. Ooh, oh, that, he's he's you see, he kicks his leg, yeah, and he'll spin around. 
That's just because he's so bored as an actor. He's just like, <laughs> this is not the guy we saw last. Uh, oh last no, gosh, that movie, Hard Time Three, Hostess Hotel, the TNT movie of 1999 with Burt Reynolds, had Charles Durning like, just like, I'm glad he got work in there, and I, you know, but it was it was just not easy to watch him. It was not easy to watch him. When did he? I hope he didn't pass away just afterwards. Put an asshole. No gambling of him on the scene. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's kind of funny, actually. Look at this actor. He's acting. Yeah. Guys, stop! Stop it. I guess that's it. All right, here, I'll start. Hi, welcome to the uh, musical concept album, Roger Tommy. Uh, it's about this kid, right? Yeah. He, I don't know, he's kind of a creep, but man, does he play them? I don't know, I kind of have a jerk to him. And Ever since I was a young boy, I played the silver ball. I'm so old out of Brighton, I must have played them all. But I ain't seen nothing like him in any amusement hall. That dumb, dumb and blind kid. Sure play a mean pin. Wait, wait, she's on the phone now. She's hey, calling uh, Mickey. Okay. She's calling Mickey back home. Go, hi, Mickey. How's it going? No, he's a perfect gentleman. You were wrong. He's cool. And then um, she rev he reveals that Henry's been coming around. Uh, and here's his telephone number. Okay. So she's going to call Henry and find out. Hey, little girl, he's out there. He's scamming you. He told me to fake a fight with him, and he would go, you know, explain. Henry still lives on in this movie. With the actor, they just said, you know what? We'll just have him on the payphone. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's cheaper that way. Because they so, still talk to the character, but he's just on the phone. Now, he's going to go into the whale's home. And I don't know why he's walking. He has a car, all dressed up fancy, and tell lies to Replay, who's the uh, helper of uh, the whale. And like, you know, I just got back from New York, opened up for the Rolling Stones, got to get back to Hollywood. I'm on Johnny Carson next week. You just tell a bunch of lies, and then he'll challenge the whale to a pinball game. But saying, I will play you, or my 13 year old friend will play you? My third, well, he doesn't reveal that it's even a woman or the age or anything, but his player will take you on. What a psycho. Makes Nightcrawler. It's like a citizen. Yep. And, and he's our hero, you know? Like, some hero. Have you ever had, like, been a comic who told you they're, they're on Comedy Central and you know they're just lying? It's like, yeah, they're telling me that. Look, another video game machine. And it's a racing game, two steering wheels. Yup. What else? There's another video game there. It says Centipede. No, it's something not. 
Yeah, Centipede wouldn't be out in 80, 81. I, right. 81, probably. 83, even. Millipede sequel. So, um, Pinball Wizard was popularized in the mid-70s where Elton John played a character called Pinball Wizard in 75 Ken Russell film Tommy, which, of course, was The Who. Uh, this is, like, four years. Was re- this Tommy came out in 75, so this right. is four years later. Um, it sounded like they were just on similar tracks. This guy had a pinball movie and one. So. Well, yeah, he was talking about it in the sixty, in the late sixties, right? And he tried to shoot it uh, that one time. So, yeah, this guy didn't get on the pinball bandwagon. Oh, I like films. I'm trying to think of a film that was kind of a cash grab about pinball. I guess Tommy certainly was not a cash grab about pinball. So- I thought Tommy was the pinball wizard. I thought he played a beat the game of ball. Tommy is the pinball wizard. In the film, he beats Elton John. Oh, I see. Now, this whole film, Charles Sturing's character is just like a gross, disgusting son of a bitch who can talk shit because he's the champ. You know, he owns this bar. He, you know, people come from miles around to play him. He never loses. He bets them. Yeah, he just, he's addicted to food. He's a glutton. They, you know. See, Orson so Welles like, characters. Orson Welles has played a character like that in Such of Evil. He doesn't need to kind of redo it. Especially like. That when he was the police officer? Yeah, right. Mexico? Yeah. yeah. Great film. Great film. I think we talked about it recently, too, didn't we? I don't know, but it is a good film. It's a great film, and they, uh, a sound editor, uh, Walter Mitch, is kind of like a passion project, and was able to uh, re-edit a, a director's cut like based on notes he had on Orson Welles, and he recut the movie, and uh, so you know it looks great. Cool. Now, who was it? Was it Charles? Uh, who was the hero? It was. Oh, and it was Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston, right. I'm thinking Charles. Charlton Heston. Now, I think that he looked like a young Orson Welles. I think Orson Welles deliberately, you know, saw himself in both roles as the gross cop and the dashing uh, yeah. Mexican. But didn't, yeah, the Mexican. Was he wearing brown face throughout that movie? Or, I mean, maybe he was. Um, uh, colorized, you know, like they they yeah. might have blotched up his skin to make it uh, that color. I would not call it like a disrespectful blackface. Blackface is obviously a brown face. How about that Mex- Mexican filter face? They put a Mexican filter on him. They photograph. I I'm not sure. I'm not sure. He did look Mexican in the film. He did. His his skin looked Mexican. I guess is is that the right way to say it? Yeah, let's let's get this back again. That's that's great. Uh, can we mention the tabs that Charles Durning's been drinking? It's not golfing, Carl. <laughs> yeah, he'll make a joke about that later. There'll be a picture of him all young and thin, and he'll he'll go. That's why I drink tab. It's funny. Oh, God, I hate trying to riff movies where they have the same joke. You know, he's saying like, "I'm not going to play you. You're a cheat." And then basically, uh, 
our hero will trash talk him into, you know, piss him off and he'll take the bet. Huh. I say, huh, because it's like, uh, you can see the whale's downfall. Like he, this guy just gets under his skin and he falls for it. Right. See, the thing is, they were, <clears throat> how do I put this? Uh, he worked under the whale for years. He helped out at the, you know, when he lived in Corpus Christi growing up. He's always known that bar and been around. Then one day he comes and tries to cheat the whale. So the whale is really pissed at him. He goes, get your feet off my furniture. And he, he you know, yeah, he wants to do it. And so this, uh, his little man cave has like Juan Hardy and Marilyn Monroe. And then this is uh, baseball, softball, trophies, and moonshine. Well, this is a bar. It's not his man cave. It's, it's a pub. It's the basement. It's not the basement of the bar. This is actual where you hang out. This is the first floor. Yeah, you can see that it's all open air, but they have little sections. I'll yeah. wait until it turns around to show you. Yeah, he's doing that 180 rule again. I think that's supposed to break. Do you? Yeah, I guess I don't know. Cinematographer wasn't, and 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 I guess Rudy didn't know any better. Uh, he was probably lucky to have his, the shots. Like you know, they don't shoot anything sequential, so I'm sure they had like you know them reacting to mops and then just cutting it together on different days. Well, you right. All right, I'm done shit talking. <laughs> That's right. Uh, see, see how it's all open air? And remember, yeah. the pinball machine's over there, and you said they were like, hey, fat man, I'll bet you $10,000. Look at them talking shit. Everyone's listening. And now he's embarrassed in front of people, and he's like, I'll take your bet. Right. Our hero knows this because he, he worked with the whale. It wasn't that he watched, watched, he didn't watch the previous scene. Right. What a ham. What a ham. He's got a ham sandwich there. I see these sickest encounters of the third kind that I'll win. Like the, that rock. Well, what were they betting during the 70s? What were they betting? Pet rocks and uh, they're betting cash money. <laughs> you mean like you go on a game show and there's all the prizes and what is it? Well, you, there's a hula hoop, there's a pet rock. You can win a frisbee. Lava lamp. Yeah, here's a lava lamp. Oh, the modern technique. So that you get a waterbed. It's a whole furnishing. Waterbed. Water Love mirror. Yeah. Uh, loop station. Champagne uh, bathtub. <laughs> right, the bathtub. Champagne Skin. glass bathtub. Okay, now he comes in to the, he set the bet. It's all set. His big plan is finally coming to fruition. He comes in, he's like, what you sitting in the dark for? And uh -oh, she's not yeah, there. he talked to Henry. Oh, she is there. Right, this is this guy's been like egging up to this moment. This is it, this is the big moment. And she's like, Yeah, I heard I'm not doing it. It's a Bible. 
You get hit with the Bible, you know someone's bit. You know, uh, I used to work at a hotel, and uh, I would get a call from like the Gideons. They'd be like, I left something in my hotel room. Do you mind checking? It's in the drawer. The book? Good book. It's a good book. It's a good book. It's, it's a good, oh, it's the good book. Oh, you know, you. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure it's the my book, though. Could you please read... Uh, <laughs> verse 11 you know yeah right deuteronomy 16 just, i just just tell me how it starts uh okay sir in the beginning yeah yeah that sounds about right now, this, going, would you please <laughs> look at this I, this is a classic arcade and there's kids playing video machines oh yeah they're in the fucking seafront like you can go to the beach room and it's shitty you can just play video games it's the gulf of mexico so it's really the ocean you know yeah. All right. Come on, Tilt. Now, I might have been tricking y'all in the beginning, see? But I've really grown to like you. Uh, she's like lost, like in Texas. It's creep. Liar. Huh. Hey, guys, we need you to clear the beach. We're shooting a movie. <laughs> oh, okay. You got it. He's finally shooting his movie. Quiet, they're shooting. I'm so excited. He finally got his movie shot. Now, that's the Raiders jacket that the director said. It's cold it's out. Put, put this on. It's a classic jacket. That's probably the high point in this movie. Won't um, you listen to me now, Till? I'm making excuses, you see? Till, this is a one-camera shoot. Could you at least talk to me before the guy hits him? Well, we, 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 we got a dolly for this shot. Now, now come on, darling. <laughs> Oh, look at this, Ace Peter. See, the dolly track stops right here. Okay, now, at this point in the film, it takes an interesting turn. All of a sudden, it's good. And he's going to give a heartwarming, not heartwarming, but a heartfelt speech about why. Like, what, what, where he's come from. Look around here. You see this? This is the poor man's country club. This, you know, he, he grew up with nothing. And then he starts talking about how rich people think, you know, you're steal, you're just stealing to get by, not even to succeed. And it's so the carny code. Let me play it for a second here. All right. They keep you poor so they can use you. <laughs> exit. Yeah, don't go. That's the exit, you dummy. You can't come back in. You can't enter through the exit, Neil. Where's the carnies watching? Oh, all closed, right? Now, if you only saw this scene and the ending, you would walk away thinking, that's a pretty good movie. I think I'm going to check it out. <laughs> but you can see the rest of the film's just not very. Uh, so this is this is a real good this is a good scene like we should check out the scene later yeah this scene is good and it does turn uh brooke around and it turned me around because he's just a heel man he's been tricking people lying to people he's just you know it's all about him and and uh he's just, so getting the whale is like personal right 
So he's well, What's that? That reminds me of that book, The Smurfs Hunt the Whale. Do you remember that? With Gargoyle? <laughs> I remember that. I never read a Smurf book. Are you crazy? What about, what about the classic Old Man Smurf in the Sea? It's about uh, uh, is that the one where he's getting that marlin? Yeah, and then the gargamel's cat eats the marlin. Oh, that's not true. Marlin's a big fish. All the classics. So, so she's gonna... in her face. She's turning around. She he's like he's appealing to her like. This is where it all started and where I, you know, lit the fire that blew up my life. So help me, help me, help me win it back. Help me get him, get enough money to start a career. Like, I'm using you, but I'm using you with love. So love me back. Let's just beat this whale, okay? Now, look, she's asleep. He's asleep. And then you know what she does, right? Is she going to run away again? No, she's going to paint Dick on his forehead. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to smack his head and suddenly here's a squish of super glue. <laughs> oh, damn it. Now, here's what she does. She sneaks out of the house, uh, the motel, at two in the morning. Actually, since this was just preceded by the last good scene, I, I want to I even change my tune. I want to tell you that the movie got good the second he started telling that speech, because now the movie will be good until the end. He is, she is going to go to this whale and make friends and appeal to him, and, and they're going to play pinball. It, it's, a, it's a really different ending. Because, you know, he's been a jerk throughout the whole film, this whale, a gross, disgusting... I, well, 79, I guess. Well, that's cool. So they they respect each other as pinball wizard. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's because she's a little girl that he couldn't be like all tough and tough and tough. So it kind of, you know, he was a little vulnerable and loosened and opened up. But she basically pleads the story of Neil. Um and he just can't catch a break. He's always been behind. He respects you so much. He's here. It's all about you. Right. Which you is know. not silly. Dressed up as a, as a winner. Say, I'm going to be on Comedy Central on a comedy show. I'm on Netflix. <laughs> I got a special on Netflix. You know, I have a Netflix special. Uh, I just uh -huh. got yeah, no, I was browsing the internet and the ad said, yeah, you sign up now, you get the first month free. I took, I clicked, I took advantage of that special. But you know, I have a show on Netflix. It's called, uh -huh. Mike, it's called Mike Gets Netflix. It's about me getting Netflix. <laughs> We're on season four. I'm, I'm checking out Hulu, and uh, I'm about to get Netflix. I'm really excited. Season five, it's all about, you know. Excellent. Oh, you know how they say, like, pick something, and then based on your algorithm? Nice of like reset your, your character. Restart and press that button first. Suggested for you. Latest Netflix TV show. Wow, it's the latest TV Netflix TV show. What a coincidence. 
Man, I'll see Netflix suggest to me something like, uh, you know, like, uh, like, like the pole house polka, you know, and it'll say like match 95%. What did I ever watch to make you think I'm a polka? <laughs> I mean, you're lying to me, Netflix. Right. What you watch, Jerry Maguire? And just said, oh, well. You must like Polacks. I mean, oops, that was a mistake. Okay, so what's going on now is she's saying, "What? Well, here's what I'll do. Uh, you give me the $3,500 back right now, and I will throw the game tomorrow and lose on purpose. And you can still be the big champion, and then I'll tell them you gave the money back out of the goodness of your heart. Okay, so she is presumptuously thinking that she's going to beat him, and she's better than him. Uh, oh, but that's going to be the whales. Uh, he's he's going to say, well, now we're definitely going to play. I'm the champ. Never lost a game. That is a shoeshine bench? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Huh. And she will sit on it. She will sit on that throne. Right. And it's the respectful movie, so respectfully. What about now? What about we play right now? I have a quarter and two times a nickel. Oh, yeah. can I get ten for five? Five dollars. Oh, the cheap bets right away. Now that's a throw. Where are they going to get the quarters? <laughs> Five twenty-five, technically. So he's saying, put it all on the line right now. If I win, I'll throw the game tomorrow, and you're still the champ. If I lose, you got you, you know, you got your money. Oh wow! Oh, so this is it. They don't even bother with the, the big night. So he's going to do it. Five dollars. I got to tell you, Mike, I know we're far away, but that is, that you could just look at it in his hand, and that's like old-timey five, man, an old-timey five. Serial number 25, 32. So he's going to turn on some pinball music to get in the mood. Oh, I wonder if it's pinball uh, mambo by uh, Yemi. You know what, that guy uh, turning, licking his lips on uh, counting the, the $5? Yeah, it's something you used to do uh, to one of your brothers, but I remember. But you would do it a lot. You would say, uh, "So would be like, Carl, give me a dollar." You go, "Yeah, let me count it." Count it. Yeah, I would. I would lick my thumb and do one. Uh, oh, is this mimicking that? And then pull out like from a bill, one of bills is one dollar. Like, oh, we got it. Like Mike, you would go. You would go. Here's that twenty dollars I owe you, and you give me a twenty, and I would say, "Hold it, hold it, Mike." <laughs> Make sure it's all here. And I would count 20. Right. Okay. All right. We have a pinball machine. We have a pool table. And then the back are two video games. No, there's another pool, uh, pinball machine. And then there's like, I don't know, space yeah, another battle zone. Be the like choice deck. Back to the koala. So this is the proprietary brand uh, pinball machine. Now, can you hear the pinball song? <laughs> Well, I'll, uh, pinball. 
He slammed the rules. He hit him in sequence, like I said, on the pinball, and go by the number, one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, you have to go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And if you do, you get an extra ball. And okay. call. Hey, listen, I'm telling you, I'm explaining pinball to a 13-year-old girl. Let me get you back. Okay, where was that? Yes, yeah, so it's one, two, in sequence, three. So she's on the throne. She's in her. Oh. Now look, you see that? You see how? Let me mansplain to you. You see how the ball? They did a shot in which it was rolling down. <laughs> right. Why didn't they do that in the beginning? Right. Do it up front. Well, I wish I had warning because I was wearing my 3D glasses at the time. It just threw me off. Yeah. 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 So they're good. So, like, all of a sudden, the whale has become up oh, out of sequence, out of sequence. Uh, Damn it! All of a sudden, the whale is like likable now. Well, you know, you're right. He is like a little girl. It, it reminds me of uh, uh, I was reading a comic book where a 13 Gwenpool meets Deadpool. Deadpool was like, I'm not going to kill a, a teenage girl. Uh huh. But, you know, he did menace and whatnot. But. It's like a good point, like, you know. So she's like, on couch and she goes, I saw this in a movie once. Was it? Oh, I wonder if it's that pinball, uh, bowling movie we saw. Hey, look at her trouble shirt. Remember it was red before? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Lace hit too. So 70. Oh, that she's trouble. They, they had the same thing, the, t the custom t-shirt. This is the custom She's already out of sequence. She didn't get an extra ball. Yeah, I saw that. The custom machine. Two. Three? Oh, five. Three. Nope. Bumper. Bing, 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 bang, 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 bing, 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 bing. You know, did you ever know that when I'm lit, you, uh, if you hit me, that's 100 points? I'm like a, a pinball bumper. 100 points when I'm lit. When I'm lit. When lit. Look how Brooke is like acting. She's like, I'm having fun. I'm having fun. All stakes. Yeah, high stake game. Okay, now it's Whale's turn, but he's like, I'm hungry. Let's take a break. <laughs> he's suddenly acting like great grandpa. You know, yeah. Grandpa, like, Uncle Dad. I guess I'll be your father figure. Even a whale's getting better from there. Look at that barber chair. Carson Wells. Why would there be a barber's chair? I guess it's just old timey looking. Yeah, I mean this bar doesn't look like a set, right? I mean, let's say they found. No, nah, this is a Corpus Christi real place. So it's probably the real snake. It's like there's the Hitler uh, statue in the back. <laughs> uh, I do not believe people in Corpus Christi, Texas, like Hitler. You think that, yeah, well, they fought probably before. Man, look at that. What a spread. That's a ham. So what he's explaining right now is we've got beer, we've got brandy, we've got marijuana. He's saying, like, he's still going through all these problems. like, everybody seems to have a problem, be it gambling or women or, right? So he goes, my problem? That's food. So he offers Brooke Shields some, and she's like, no, thanks. 
She has a Dr. Pepper and a Butterfinger. Look at that. Gross. Gross. Talking about, man. Well, that's kind of gross. But, uh, that's a good size ham for a sandwich. Yeah, and he just took a turkey leg. I know. The turkey leg kills the sandwich. It's very yum, yum. See, I thought his time of acting gross was over. I was wrong. He, that was a little gross. That's like, I wonder if that food is just for uh, whale or like if I, I was there, I could get beer and maybe. Yeah, you could order a ham sandwich and they would make it for you like a deli. Let me check. Oh, I have it under the bar in the fridge. Uh, on. You said turkey, right? <laughs> yeah, I just have a turkey. Oh, time to change the reel. Oh, yeah. Which doesn't make sense because we're so in Act 3 right now. Well, it's maybe 20 more minutes, right? It's a long movie. It's one of the reasons why we kind of jumped to the start for this. 34, 44, 50. Okay, yeah, you nailed it, Mike. It's more like 15, 16, but I mean... Yeah, here he makes the joke. That's why I drink Cav. Oh, right. Arr, arr, arr. And a Diet Coke. <laughs> yes, try, sir. Can I help you? Yeah, can I have a hundred million burgers and a Diet Coke? Hi, try, sir. Can I help you? Yeah, hi. I'm shooting a viral video, and uh, I get uh -huh. It kind of reminds me of uh, the viral videos where the, the viral videos where they kind of harass drive-through employees. Right. Like a Don Imus. Remember he had a Oh yeah. Three hundred cheeseburgers to go. And yeah, he like, would call uh, places, right? Yeah, and he would order like three hundred cheeseburgers. They canceled the order. And then all canceled. Yeah. Okay. Look, he gets his extra ball. Yeah. Yeah, extra ball. Whoa, he's so excited about it. How can you keep your eyes off the pinball machine? I know. I don't think that's smart. I think it's a movie. Yeah, he's acting. Look at that great shot, man. Why wasn't that in the beginning? Well, in the beginning. It's pinball. It's a pinball. Oh, pinball. I got this movie confused with a novel. There's a novel called Pinball. Be really good, but uh, and I think there was a movie version, but it, it's about you know I, I have no idea what's going on. Looks like a space game, a video game. Oh, it's her turn. Yeah. Name pants. Ooh, skill. Stand like a statue will become part of the machine. Feeling all the bumpers, always playing clean. Raised by intuition, Okay, he lost. Uh, she lost. Now it's right. his turn. But his, her score is 379,000. But 
he he's gonna win, right? How oh, do you yeah, don't freeze your COVID hand by now. That's one track COVID mind. Oh, what a great shot! What a great shot! Should I complain about the beginning again? No. I think that shot was in the trailer in a world. Yeah. Where you could be inside a pinball machine. Five, six. Bing, 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 bang, bang, seven. Bing, 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 bang, 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 bang. Extra ball. Free ball. There's an extra ball again. Oh, so she's out. So he just got an extra ball. Uh, yeah, but he, she is out, but he needs to beat her score. Well, he just got two extra balls. You know, that's why he walks away. Wow, look how cool those shots are, man. Maybe he didn't want to do it in the beginning because he should save it for this, for the finale. This is like a good, like, Roxy, Rocky fight at the end of the uh, movie, you know, when they finally get to the bout. Like this is a, a little more interesting. So what's his score? Twelve. So he had six hundred and something thousand. Now yeah, look who it is. It's Neil. Uh, okay, now. She has to go to six, six hundred seventy nine, whatever it was. And she's at three hundred. So Neil is now somehow for some reason he's here. Uh, they don't see him, but he's he's. Uh, I, I don't know how did he wake up and she wasn't there. Did replay go get him? I don't know. I think replay went and got him. Okay, so but she's got her extra ball. Is he not going to, like, yell and say and she's going to lose a game or something? Nope. All right. Okay. All right. Pinball ball champ. I know. I saw the 13-year-old book. I read it. She's doing great. She's playing, like, a really aggressive synonym word for uh, well that's why they call her tilt because she shakes and everything like that and never tilt uh, yeah that's bad news when you tilt the pinball machine what kind of weird aggression do you well have? when you tilt it it's game over it stops playing right because you cheat otherwise so like we can't gameplay if you can't cheat that becomes the game now she's at 592,000. So she's getting close to him. Tilt! Tilt! She actually tilted the machine. First time. Yup. McVenus. Cosmic Venus got tilted. Then I was so glad that when John Carter landed on Mars, the first thing he did was kick Cosmic Venus in the ass. Oh, and he was on Venus too. So now she has lost. Completely lost. You had me worried there for a minute, Miss Tilt. So he says it's the toughest game he ever played. Give him the approach. Now who makes her his appearance? Yeah. You're caught. Yeah, well, it's over. 
Oh, geez, I wanted to be in front of the bar and everyone. And my friends would be routing really on. Yep. It's fun of betting in the bar. Now, this is a heartfelt apology for everything. I mean, they've lost. That's interesting. Losers. She lost. Loser. Loser. What? Uh -huh. So they're going to go back tomorrow and just play the game. But she lost the money already, right? Well, no. The bet was give me a chance to just take the money and walk, you know, and or if I lose, the game's on. Oh, I got you. Okay. I was hoping that was the final game, Matt. You'll never beat me. You really don't care about people. All right, I figured it out, Carl. I know how this movie ends. I'm okay. sorry. I crunched the numbers, I tallied the, the, the sheets, and um, he's going to tilt. <laughs> what? She's not going to tilt. During the final bat of the game? Yes, according to my calculations. You're wrong. That's the end with Charles turning tilting. That would be a good ending, but no, what's going to happen? Wait, 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 don't tell me. Okay. He said it's a good ending, or interesting ending. So... He's saying in a million years you'll never beat me because I just live and breathe pinball. So he says, don't be like me. Look at this dump that I'm stuck in. Look how fat I am. Is this what you want? Wow. That's some real shit right there. So he says, I only bet on myself, but I see how much you believe in him. You say he's a good singer. I'm going to bet on you. And he gives the money back. The game's <sighs> off tomorrow. Money to bet on. But she's going to have to bet that money tomorrow anyway. Nope. It's over. It's over. He's letting her off the hook. Now, this replay is like everybody knows the words out. They're going to be here tomorrow at 3 to see the game. He goes, I don't care. I don't care. and we're gonna yell, "Woo!" It's gonna be fun, man. I I gave them their money back. The bet's off. Oh, that's good. Uh, that's a, here's the final father advice. Anytime you want to play it next, put your quarter down. On <laughs> so he goes. He goes. You keep his mind on his music, okay? He's a little dumb, okay? <laughs> <laughs> And so he goes, come here, you kid. I got to talk to you. It's yeah. like we're friends, but I still have to pretend I'm tough. Here's a restraining order. You take your weird psychopathic ass with your fucking fancy clothes and leave. So Charles During says to him, look, kid, she can't wear your balls for you. <laughs> you know? oh, uh, come on now. <laughs> be, a, be your own man. All right. Go out there and do the music. Well, what is the tilt going to do? 
What? Oh, wait a minute. They have a sitcom spinoff, Tilt's Place, <laughs> where she and Turning have their own bar. Now, this is the big enemy, right? It's the big enemy. And he's like, that's really nice. I'm not going to forget it. Yeah. He's still wearing his fancy pants. Okay, Mr. Fancy Pants. It's a great ending. Yeah. Everything was going to the final. We're going to beat this whale. Screw him. And it was either going to be a big tragedy when they lose the big pinball. And, but again, it'd be like the same montage of people that and this is. Uh... But what this movie decided to do instead is, is surprise you. You think that she's going there as a setup for the final battle, but it ends up being the final battle. And like, it's not so badly, you know what I mean? And then even though Charles during wins, he, he flips and she, because the girls taught him, you know? So now we have a very nice heartfelt ending. He takes the money and he gives it back to her and he goes, you're in charge of the money. You're in charge of me now. We're a team. I'm doing what you say. And Wait, she says it to him or he says that to her? He says that to her. See, he's got the money. She's like, here's your money that I won back for you. And he's like, you take it. You manage it. You get my career going. I can't be trusted. I leave myself in your hand. Now, this necklace, it's like a symbol of our, we're partners now. You yeah. My... Raiders Nation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not so, exactly. But... So let's go back to Los Angeles to pursue my country music career. Yeah. I can't think of any other city to, to pursue a country music career other than well, Los Angeles. No, going to Nashville, none of them. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to Nashville. They're going to Nashville. So wait, here's the butt touch. See, she does it first. Watch. She does it first. Look with her foot. She kicks his butt. She and then he whacks her on the butt back. And that's as bad as this movie gets. Well, that's a sign of friendship. They're like, you know, they're done. Exactly. Where are they? Now yeah. we hear a large crowd. Is it him singing to the crowd? Hey, Las Viva, Perkis Crispy. I think writer-director's doing here is saying, and then he went on to be a country music star. Because we hear a crowd, and he's like, he sings Long Road to Texas. I, I think it's him. They didn't hit us over the head with it. This is still Los Angeles? No, I think this is probably Corpus Christi. I don't, know the end. I don't know the end. Okay. Oh, yeah, it doesn't say the end. It says game over. Clever. So I would say this was a good film from the middle of the third act on. Yeah, it had a great ending. And you know, we like uh we're familiar with losers, but for a loser movie, this movie is kind of a little more sincere yeah. by just having the losers just face it and move on. And the guy who made it really wanted it. He went, It was a 10-year road, maybe longer because they just say late 60s, but it was over 10 years for him to make this thing happen. 
And Orson Welles said, hey, you direct it. You direct it. Well, I wouldn't even say oh, it's a Bill Randy fan. Uh, I would even say Charles Durning with the sound off. He's fucking acting like nobody's business. And like he was great. You know, and he carried the role. He kind of did it in the touch of evil style. So, you know, it's in the spirit of uh, Orson Welles. Now, in the beginning of the movie, he wasn't really doing great. He was just being the tough guy. But you saw him flip at the end. Right. Good job. No, he's like Deadpool. He's not really going to kill a 13-year-old. He's not going to really kind of, you know, uh, financially come back from her. But, yeah, he respected her. He saw her and him and her and uh, told him not to do it. Now, look, you see Rudy Duran's name? Yeah. You see it? Pinball Machine musical sounds. He's all over this thing. He co-wrote songs. He's got credits for gaffing and lighting. He's got credits for sound. Just like this was his baby, and he was doing it right. And if you want it done right, you got to do it yourself. Wallace's well, brand. I have this great book on vintage uh, pinball machines of the, uh, and yeah. arcade games of the seventies uh, and eighties. I'll see if they follow with the doing Santa Cruz, Hollywood, Corpus Christi. Uh, see the thing. Thank you to Williams, Santa Cruz, Santa Cruz. <laughs> the Corpus Christi Police Department, Farrah Fawcett. Oh, Koala Productions. Okay. So, the video, wait, did the video game machine produce a movie? I the don't film? know. I, you know, I did do full research on this film. I did not read that anywhere. Not of Google. That's like when I quit. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been Tilt from 1979. Holy cow. Carl, I think this is a good movie, right? I mean, that, that was your review? Well, just like John McGee, tell, uh, Richard, what's his name who wrote the book story? Robert McGee, something like that, tells us you can fool an audience if you give them a great ending. You know, this was a bad film until, I've already said it, middle of act three. Suddenly, it's heartfelt speeches and drama and surprises and flips and twists and turns. Well, maybe not so many twists and turns, but it's you know, if, if I may quote screenwriter William Gibson, his book, I agree with what you just said, Carl. So I, I, I you know, it was, <laughs> it wasn't that bad. Uh, it, it was slow, I guess. You need to see Brooke Shields as such a young, young person. I mean, since you know her in uh, Suddenly Susan as an adult and also in uh, Furry Vengeance as an even older adult. We all know her for Furry Vengeance, for sure. Next time, we're going to watch a movie on Halloween. You know, our show next week, it falls on Halloween for Mutiny Radio listeners. One, yeah. Mm -hmm. But on the East Coast, we're three days behind, something like that? Yeah, you guys are on mischief night, technically. <laughs> So, you know what? I, I don't buy the hoopla of having a Halloween movie every day on, on, on October. But since we hit Halloween, we're going to watch a reboot, remake of a movie we watched before. Yes. The original is from 1958. But next week, we're going to watch, on Halloween, 2001's How to Make a Monster. <whistles> wow. <laughs> That's All right, so Halloween scary. Very nice. Okay, here, here's the trailer. Three, two, one. Columbia Pictures and Instructional Video presents 
How to Make a Monster, a scary and informative documentary, motion picture, injury tips, use a lot of makeup, and scares. I'm possessed. The end. Phew. That's that Halloween. I cannot wait to see that movie for the thrills and scares. You're going to have to wait seven days. Okay. Halloween. Right. Of course, I'll be doing the research, but okay. All right. Yeah. I'll wait. You'll have to watch this movie. <laughs> Thank right, you. Well, that's next week. Yeah. All right. So let's, we have seven days, people. Let's see what happens. Uh, and we'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, Mike. I've seen this movie four times and researching it. Yeah. Much appreciated. Uh, thank you, Mini Radio, and what's really good happening. Cam. Uh, yeah. Luke and uh, just everything. Check out check out their uh, live comedy shows on Mondays and Fridays, and you can find more about that and the old episodes and our old episodes all on MutinyRadio.fm. All right, uh, our Carl, see you later. Thanks. See you later, Mike. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. It's been over one long year watching movies bad, strange, and weird commandeer. By Michael. Hi, this is Carl. I, I'm Mike's friend. I, I wrote this song. My turn ons are French poodles, Chinese noodles, and, and German strudels. You should follow me on Twitter. It's Jokes to Carl. Uh, that's the French duh, not the uh, uh, duh, duh. Now let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Michael. deep into the light bright webbings of patterned feet is this podcast brought to you on the anchor.fm platform from the labs of aqua q anchor.fm is available for ios and android brings a free and clear interface for your podcast creator genius with royalty free music and sound effects that make you sound from the radiophonic workshop with segments for you to advertise yourself in the cash money you so deserve available everywhere podcasts are free just do the q The continuation of the answer is a question for means of occupying a space of time. Hence their similarities. And commas are pauses and branchings of new spaces for the enjoyment of some however pretilicious towards others as they branch with you and create a story which is not altogether pleasuring until the end which is not yet known in light company. That is a little photon joke. Going back, again which we cannot to that bang, however we do bang on it and bang about and the big one was just an answer if you could be there and we're here and here is there and about again and isn't it grand and our first question was
Just what was it? What could one possibly say? And there was one and others followed etc. And again, which is too soon to be again, the question was likely to listen to the monument of continuing answer. And how is listening a question? Well it's not out loud you see, and that is the part of the answer and the continuation of such, and it weeps and that's where the rain came for, and so forth. I skipped a bunch but it did not and as it's been said has been done and done. Well and well and wells and etc the likes and so forth and not forth yet because there was no direction in particular and since we weren't traveling in any direction in particular there was no need to look back, which is how you figure out where you are and going, and coming back too, and there was no coming back. This was it and by it I mean this and boy we got our planet, too? A circle for us. Because some of us thought we could look forward and back at the same time, and that again is a little time joke, for which does not exist to be known unless you do look back, and that perhaps was and is still part of the bang, I mean, to look back without turning around and question and answer with an equal power, for there was only one power or type to be known and the juxtaposites of a kind and liking way to discover each other has just created a place larger than we'd ever run into ourselves again, and always do anyway which is likened to, well an X that, well not an X, but imagine you can and never disconnect, and you get used to it, you draw it in, and it draws about you, swirly, and since you're used to it you think the universe works like that, and it does for you, until one day you can be discovered and people just stick to you, and you can't get rid of them because you're raw power and hold on to everything? Because everything is good to hold, you know? And so you trust it'll all be untangled, and it is, and it carries you and on, and more to the... What was it again? I suppose, which is a supposition or overlay of items which may not directly relate in other realms or facts yet but always do for one keen enough to keep track of them for everybody until the end of the conversation. Hence the interrupt being energies to provide for the continuation of the answer was and is so appreciated for the benefit of anybody and anything here and far for eternity as is our nature of beginning to unend. Funny we should place a period above, but it helps us move along. Yes of course there is more and less is more of it, only to staunch the velocity which makes us go without cause, or to a cause which outcomes are already known, so perhaps we take examples. Well, physicality, we have it now, so that's important. And by we I always meant that, just as the universe, and why I'm not sure I like that term, see voices raised in text which was meant to air your point we all agree on, and carrying that forward creates this loop of string where we think caps are a good idea, and see we said caps without an argument and everybody reading is going to be confused. Pop culture. It comes and goes away and is relived when we're old and want a cheap smile from ourselves and another and to ensure that we did travel through time to get to a place where we I suppose needed to be cheap, or at least use the economy to laugh and expose a synapse as a sort and offering to another listener is to latch and become a part of our brain, for that synaptic period which is its self-defense against a listener who will simply not let go. Blip. Dot. Electrical systems are functioning, and that is good. Could you imagine? Well of course you can. Silly. Looking around we see only and not looking around shows, or some trickery of language, and not back to velocity. Dot. Characters B rode gently up the lift. The staircase had been broken and there was a sign. Be brief in the elevator, there's only enough power to get to the floor you're going to. 
The windows of this building were a sort of bloom, clear, with blue droplets of water clinging to them. Did I say cling? As if it were for dear, life. And dear and loved it was and when you've been isolated in a droplet on the 57th floor, you would be clingy to and probably wondering who would take the stairs to such heights, or even build them that high. Do people like being stacks atop one another? Surely they must. The cup clinked. Coffee was on our character's mind, because he grew to the taste and the effects of walking to and from an inanimate object which returned without question, an object of his desire, to his liking of here early enough to make a pot. And he was and is, here now and the pot had already been made too, was the smell from around to the next cubicle. He poured his cup and moved it around to see. It was a fresh clean cubicle, and a fresh clean sitting woman or a man, doesn't matter at this point in the story, now does it unless you're expecting something out of it, which you shouldn't because this is an office environment and we just came to see about the coffee. Which is delicious. One of them not necessarily known to each other or whether one of them said it before the other or whether that also matters to our listener, or reader depending on one's predilection of eavesdropping on the lives of others. Yes it is was the simultaneous answer from one to the affirmation of the statement from the other, or both, and is no known to be the same thing. It's early and I thought I'd make a cup, and the pot was there, and I was thinking of tea, or was I or you see now I'm thinking of tea perhaps again and I have this coffee, which is still delicious. It's too early in our conversation to carry on this like, isn't it? You said it was early. The two looked at each other and thought to themselves they might well sip the coffee and enjoy some and it was still good. See? Perhaps I can ask what you're doing today, or with your bits of life that are in the here and immediate daylight future for the we in the company which provides this space for us to sip coffee? I'm Dan and I make things over there he pointed. Oh, I was told we didn't have to decide so early, and that I should just get a cup of coffee and see what happens. They haven't paid me yet, you know, I'm an intern. I see the things that need making and make things around and about it to provide heat and energy for the group to carry on productively. I brought lunch today, which is a forward thing to brag about, yay I have food. Let's think about my gut this early in the morning, but there you have it. Coffee, food, and the idea that I won't need to eat the food, until I run out of ideas. And that's why I made the coffee and we're talking. Dan was trying to decide if he was still clever and stammered at the realization that he'd have to turn on cleverness with no appearance, and so whipped out his phone to check something. He didn't know either, which is why I'm here. What? I said. Well I'm here, what do you know? As in hey what do you know about that she, and now she was quite definitely a she because we needed her pronoun, and I suppose we could have asked. It's quite alright he said to the point of nothing which confused the she who hadn't identified herself by name and as such looked up a bit at the preceding paragraph and tapped her now available pen against the palm of her hand. Is there a whiteboard to diagram? I thought one here would be good. Bubbles on the tops of Dan's coffee cup burbled into each other and clung to the side of the ceramic. Yes he was clever. He wanted to tell her about the water on the window and how the air bubbles in the middle of this mixed up water was driven by the water itself, air and water, air behaving like water and water like air. Fascinating. He felt he was telling her because he was thinking about it and decided this was a point to continue the nonverbal dialogue, which may have saddened her, 
because she looked down, but into her coffee cup, which explained why. Yes, the bubbles matched the dew on the window, I thought you were going to mention it. Of course I did and that's why we're talking. Would you like to know more? It's all here. And there. And all together you know, as in fashion the cyclical means to travel and like kinds to be recognized and carry packets of data to other like kinds, simul instant like and the like, which is our point since similarities. The pause meant I could continue. The coffee, while just and seemingly fluid, is actual and while it has made friends with the water temporarily, it carries 40 chemical messages for us, and the water, while friends with both coffee and ourselves, is doomed to trick us into drinking it, so that it can escape cleanly from the mess and quite it is, it's gotten into. So you're saying coffee had to trick somebody to get what it wanted, and what it wanted was to be inside of us. Quite definite that we wanted to be near it, and likewise a bean must be like that, fiber for the heart but in this case the opposite, so it tricked us from the start, and we are water, so that's probably where that began. In fact, coffee actually loves water, and grows on the sides of mountains to get the runoff, and that is likely because water is not foolish enough to hang around further that water wouldn't enjoy it, and the trickery would become sad for both, so the agreement is to let the water run through and feed it, then get stuffed and ground up and accelerate water once more, as a little JP payback for the health, and that speeds up everything in a water system, including medication and anything which activates, and how does that affect power? Well it must use up the available energy for water travel, and so along with the acid, drains power from the blood. Ever apparent that it is doing the opposite, which is a little joke about what power is, as a provider or as a suck, and coffee sucks and we suck it, and we suck at things out of our control, and we control coffee, or so we think, and thinking is what we like, and damn be the foolish red blood cell that's trying to keep the planet alive, eh? Well, that's put and right away isn't it, and my name is Laura. It's nice to know you like my name, I can see the way you typed it lowercase, and Dan is alright, for now. What she wanted to say she did, and listen as we all did, and the water. Well we can see their cups are 65% full, approximately the same, though Dan sipped a bit more because he was standing, and they were both considering both finishing and simultaneously doing away with coffee. However it is so perfect, in its description that we and they can't help but continue to be fooled and enjoy a cup now and again, and again is now, and the two took their sips. What's happening now is the questioning or perhaps excitement or remembrance of the ease of work which coffee allows us to do. Up. Down. Sip. Swallow. Ease. Allowed work in an easy economy which allows us to do so, as in the 1980s, which any like high-rise office environment is very like, a throwback to a place to get out from wherever was on ground, and into the 1950s, and higher and higher without taking drugs, except this pot of coffee, which again, is allowed. And we don't like to answer questions, we like to create solutions, as we're not children, and we spend our money and we likely buy coffee for the home, which in its way is portable corporate environment for our living spaces, and metal and glass too, etc. Dan took out a peanut cookie, shaped like a peanut, and offered it upwards towards Laura, who declined politely because she was six feet away and didn't feel like getting up, and as he dipped it in his coffee, she took out her lunch bag and a bag of grapes, and noshed on one. 
she could tell he was a little jealous of her grapes and offered him some. Not with the coffee. Or a cookie, confirmed his jealousy with a lowered voice and shrunken shoulders. Okay they were already shrunken a bit, but when you notice something for the first time you apply it to what you knew immediately previously. And she was getting frustrated that she didn't have that line and it was unassigned as casual causal thinking on the part of RQ, who was evident now and writing all our bids. You know, of course you do Dan, she got up and sort of said to the sky. That it's 8am and there's nobody else on the floor, and yet we can carry a conversation as in continuity and likeness and etc. And how do you think that is, without another? She peered around and now found potted plant which was four feet high. It was well watered, and odd that it be so in such a high office. Do you choose these plants? She asked out loud to Dan office plants should need this much water, it's banned for the structure. Oh, that's a nice looking plant though. I think we inherited it from another floor that was vacating. All that explains that, a failure produced something which should not be, here. And it is nice. Which is why they liked it, and I hope this isn't the plant that made them fail. They both grinned up at one, and at the plant. While, and that the plant observed this by sucking up more water. Greedy thing to do at a time like this, and that perhaps was the problem, the soil didn't want the water, the plant didn't really need it, but enjoyed it so much that they kept watering it, which delighted the plant to the point where it wanted to be moved closer to the dew on the freshly washed skyscraper windows which it believed also was why the water stuck to glass. To feed friendly and lonely plants on this the 57th floor again, which the plant overheard and planned to use in light conversation like the ketchup, was the sound of it supping more water as the two looked on. That plant is going places, you wanna help me move it to the window for some sun? And to visit those droplets of water too? Yes, and to keep everybody aware that plants get what they want around here too. And the plant stopped supping water and let off some oxygen for the gentleman and woman to utilize for its own benefit. And it hummed. They trussled it across the floor, leaving a bit of muck behind, and that was like blood to the plant, and so it missed its spot for now, and was deciding to enjoy what it wanted for an even second and was anxious that it would be out of normal conversational circles. And would the waterer find it, and... Well so many questions, here comes the sun. Right in the spot that it had wanted and been placed, even so carefully as the tilting it had done was just moved towards the light, giving it the option to straight back up, and it did, in its genome and while it was still tilted, it was looking up, and the leaves were turning as the stalk was straightening and all felt good, and these are the moments that plants dream of and when a plants dream, we utilize the water that we sucked into material wealth for the transdisposition of carbon dioxide into oxygen, and etc. Well Laura, this is our morning. I'm going to walk over there and post what's on my phone which are the events of before and later to be known and we, the company, are hoping you'll stay, and you can set up anywhere you'd like, and the whiteboards are in a big office across, over, there, he pointed to a big glass room. And you can draw all you'd like, when you like and the usual whiteboard rules apply, and I'm keen to see what you do draw, and with that I'm off. And the two smiled and the one, then other sipped their coffee and each felt the day had become, as trickery or not, fun was the reasoning they put themselves in situations, and this situation was well and fine.
She thought of the water again, and wondered just a bit about how water might be the tricky one to start, and or are humans the tricky ones to employ water as a means of communication. Well Q imagined for her, that men are electric and women are fluid, and the vices and verses of man as machine and mother earth are. Well, man gets water out of the air, and through osmosis and skin is a particular and strange lengthy organ of perhaps string, in theory anyway. Should he tell her about fingerprints? As in the record player, audible to the organ, which plays for the water piped and admired, how else were we to be known, thought the skin, as there is so many ways, but our hands are where it begins and ends, see the print. You're looking now, and I'm not because I know the pattern, and it's in our burrows, and that is your clue for the early morning. Carry on gents, and madam. As is the usual collation of sexes at a cocktail party such as this, and on the Heinz floor, do stop by the plant once more for a conversation or several lifetimes of shredded jetted vibrational velocity for the chloroplasts to saunter in. This is Radio 11 and you have been smattered by the variant legendary as in the boxy thing on the bottom of maps, Aqua. Q. This is Mutiny Radio, broadcasting live from the Mission District of San Francisco, California, and it is time to ride the morning train. <laughs> 